Thank you for your patience. We just had some technical difficulties that I think we got ironed out back there. I want to welcome all of you to our Simplifying Your Life Forum. And I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Carol Kapazinski, and I have Evelyn Cook, Lori Grenninger, Katrina Legal, and Bethany Weinhardt here to help us learn how to simplify. I'm a Christian, a wife, a stepmother, a housekeeper, nurse, babysitter, missionary chairperson. My duties include washing, ironing, cooking, baking, cleaning, teaching, chauffeuring, supporting, encouraging, entertaining, helping, ministering, organizing, corresponding, writing articles, promoting causes, yard work, school work, work work, and more work. I answer phones, questions, doorbells, emails. I cook, cook for new moms and shut-ins, volunteer for church committees, take neighbors to appointments and grocery stores. I write the checks, pay the bills, organize family activities. I'm thankful for the beautiful home that, the Lord, that my husband has provided for me, and I know that the Lord wants us to use our home to minister to people, and I know that our next guest could be an angel unaware. However, all I can think of is that I hope he's a not, an open-minded, non-judgmental angel that doesn't mind clutter, likes leftovers, and helps with dishes. Sometimes I feel more hostile than hospitable. What should be a joy becomes a burden. What should be a blessing becomes a trial. The guest is not at fault, but the host me. Why is that? It's called overload. It's called stress. I feel stressed. I keep telling myself I need to learn to say no. All the duties I have are very important, but I feel overwhelmed. Then they call me and ask me to teach this form. <laughs> I stand before you <laughs> not as an example of how to rise above the situation, but as one who needs to be here. <laughs> I will be taking notes. <laughs> Stress has become such a normal part of our lives. Rather than looking for ways to reduce it, we try to accept it and cope with it. Stress is not benign. It has serious physical, psychological, psychological, and ultimately spiritual implications. What are the signs and symptoms of stress? I will go through these, but not all of these are always directly related to stress. So if you have some of them, don't think it's always related, but it could be. Number one, stimulation of cardiovascular system resulting in rapid pulse. I'm about, about 130 right now. <laughs> Palpitations, they're there. <laughs> Increased blood pressure, chest pain, arrhythmias, GI act overactivity such as hyperacidity, peptic ulcers, irritable bowel, diarrhea, tightening of the muscles, especially of the neck and head and lower back, headaches. We were just talking about how many of us have headaches right now. Weight changes, increase in infection and cancer from a compromised immune system. Stress on the body can ultimately lead to a compromised immune system. Rashes and itching, insomnia, unexplained fatigue, shortness of breath, perspiration, cold, clammy hands, nervous tics and tremors, <laughs> teeth and jaw clenching. Now the psychological symptoms, depression and withdrawal, mental fatigue, chronic anxiety, feeling that things are slipping out of control, negative thinking, difficulty making decisions, exaggerated worry, paranoia, impatience, forgetfulness, apathy, confusion, anger, and hostility. My family can immediately recognize when I'm stressed, when I jump on my five-speed broomstick and start flying around the room. I become nasty and less than pleasant. My Christian virtues and qualities become hidden, and then I feel ashamed and guilty, which just feeds my fire, and I become more angry. Why are we stressed out? Overload. What are the areas of overload? 
Act one, activity overload. Are our schedules booked weeks in advance? Are we always doing two to three things at once? Activity overload takes away the pleasure of anticipation and the delight of reminiscence. Choice and decision overload. Do you realize that when we go to the grocery store, there's 186 different cereal choices that we have? Do you realize that satellite dishes can offer us 1,500 movie choices each month? We can choose when to start a family. How do we space our children? How many children do we want? Do I change jobs, careers, relocate? Number three, commitment overload. Are we unable to say no? Here I am. <laughs> do we have too many responsibilities? Are we enrolled in too many courses, hold down too many jobs, serve on too many committees, volunteer for too many tasks, make too many appointments? Four, competition overload. Um, this is very evident in business, academia, politics, and sports debt overload. We have increased buying power because we can buy on credit, we can use our plastic cards, it puts us into great debt overload. Education overload, how much is enough? My grandmother had a sixth grade education and um, functioned very well in society and, and raised a family and, and did very well. My father had a high school education, had a wonderful trade and supported his family very well. Now college is the norm, university is the norm. Now is a bachelor's degree enough? You keep going on and on. How much is enough education? Expectation overload. An insurance company once said, if you can dream it, you can do it. There are no limits to your ability. This is a very worldly mindset. You do what you need to do to get where you want to get. Doesn't matter how it hurts you or others. Fatigue overload. Even our leisure is exhausting. Fatigue attacks our emotions, our bodies, and our relationships. Hurry overload. When in time, any time in, um, in the history of man, have we had more time-saving conveniences? But now we always say, gotta run. Because of electricity, we can now do, go to Kmart and do our grocery shopping 24 hours a day. What a great convenience. However, does that lengthen our day or does it shorten our day? Information and media overload. We get junk mail, magazines, we have billboards, windows, window displays, newspapers, flyers, books, TVs, bumper stickers. We are exposed to advertisements regardless of how much TV we watch. Ministry overload. We as Christians are faced with needs all the time. Do we place unbearable demands on ourselves and others? Twelve, possession overload. We have full closets. We get store and lockets to put more things in. Our cars don't fit into our garages. Possessions, possessions can imprison us with debt and they can take over our houses and occupy all of our time. And finally, work overload. Total family work hours often exceed 80 per week, which can result in overworking and under-relating. So, are you feeling stressed right now? <laughs> are you there? Can you identify with the problem? There is good news. Our panelists will now tell us how we can overcome this. <laughs> First of all, I want to say that I'm not the personification of um, how to overcome stress, but I have had to deal with it in my life. Um, and the way this came about was about four years ago, after the birth of my fourth child, um, I went into a postpartum depression, and it was just a very black, difficult time for me. Um, I felt totally overwhelmed. And I, at one of my appointments with my midwife, um, just something she said really struck me, and that was that you cannot be all things to all people. 
and that's kind of how I felt. And um, she said, what you have to do is simplify your life. So I went to the library and I punched in simplify in the card catalog and this wonderful book came up. It's called Simplify Your Life by Elaine St. James. And she's written several other books. Um, they're just brief blurbs about very practical ways that you can simplify your lifestyles. She's not a Christian author, um, but certainly a lot of what she has to say is applicable. And so I basically took some of the things that she um, recommended and applied them to my life. And specifically um, in the area of the daily routine, um, workload, buying habits, and um, certain Certainly, um, one area that we probably all struggle with is the stuff that we accumulate. And so I just want to share with you some of the things that I've done um, to simplify my, my lifestyle. First of all, in the daily routine, um, we've tried to eliminate morning madness um, for the children. We set out their clothes the night before. Um, they make their own lunches because I got tired of them complaining about this one didn't like that and the other one didn't like that and I couldn't keep it straight anyways. So um, they make their own lunches the night before and um, everyone has to have their homework finished um, before they go to bed. There's no doing homework in the morning. And also, um, the person who's in charge of setting the breakfast table does that the night before. And that has really helped school mornings go a lot more smoothly. Um, our weekends, we try to um, keep as family time. Um, most of our weeknights are busy, and my husband <coughs> often works late. And so we try to keep weekends for family. Um, another thing we've started a couple years ago was um, having family nights on Friday night and um, it's usually a, there's a, usually a fun activity that we do and then some kind of lesson that we try to teach and then we all have some kind of treat, um, ice cream sundaes or whatever. And um, that has really helped to make our family time special. And the kids look forward to it. And we even, they've even um, wanted to lead family night occasionally. And so we've had some interesting things, interesting times. Um, a lot of times on Saturday morning, um, we do our cleaning and errands together as a family, and then in the afternoon we'll um, take a trip or do something fun to um, spend some time together. Um, one of the things that I've had to learn to do is take time for myself. 
um, in the summer and on weekends, I make my children have one hour of rest time. When they were young children, they used to nap then. Now that they're older, they read. They're not allowed to do anything but read during that hour. And I try to slow down myself during that time, or if I'm you know, having company or something that night, then that's when I can really get a lot done. And I've also um, attended a women's Bible study. Um, a group of sisters in our church meet once a week. And that has been a really refreshing and uplifting time for me. Um, I, a real time of spiritual growth has occurred since I've been doing that. Under the workload, um, I've had to learn to delegate, share the workload. Um, we've got job charts for the children, and they know that they have to complete whatever tasks are assigned them before they have fun. Um, they do well with this, and it's, it's worked well in our family. Um, I already touched on cleaning, that it's kind of a family affair. The kids clean their own rooms, and I have a bad back, so Rod does the vacuuming for me, and we all work together on this. And something that I've had to learn was to try to stop doing it all, um, and that has meant that we limit our social invitations. Um, we basically don't go anywhere without our children. Um, and part of that is due to the fact that there really aren't any babysitters from church. Um, and so if the children are, invited, are not invited, we don't usually go. <laughs> and another area we've had to do is limit our children's extracurricular activities. Um, you know, to like one sport and one musical instrument per child, it just gets really hectic running everybody around. And again, you have to discriminate between what's essential and what's non-essential. And what will become obvious is our top priorities is where we're going to spend most of our time and energy. Um, onto the stuff. Um, this is basically needs versus, versus wants. Um, Carol already touched upon advertisers influencing our perceptions of what our needs are. Um, as many of you have probably experienced, with parenthood, you accumulate more and more stuff. Um, do you really need the stroller and the lightweight umbrella stroller and the baby backpack and snuggly and a baby sling? Or could you do without some of them or possibly borrow some of these things that will only be used for a short time? And the next thing I'm going to touch on is very difficult for me. It's getting rid of things on a regular basis. Um, I came from a family where my dad was a refugee. And in our family, um, 
you've saved everything. Everything had surely had another use someday down the road. And um, so that's how I was raised, and I guess I, I you know, that's really difficult for me to um, get rid of things. And so I've read that you should, anything that you haven't used in the past year, you probably don't need. So um, I'm working on cleaning out and Another thing that's really hard to do is get my husband motivated to get rid of some of his stuff. <laughs> but anyways, um, there's always hand-me-downs. You can give things away, um, have a garage sale, and the things that really have no use, just put them in the trash. And one of those things that are hard to get rid of are the keepsakes that your children bring the drawings and the macaroni artwork and <laughs> all the things. Um, at our house, we put things on short-term display on the fridge. And if they're very, very special, um, each of the children has a box of special things that if it's very special, it goes in there. And after a few days or about a week or two on the fridge, they get, they disappear. <laughs> Um, another thing I want to touch on is technology. All the electronic gadgets we have available to us today, the Walkmans, the stereos, the video games, computer games, um, they can either simplify or complicate our lives. And what we need to do is use discernment with these things. Um, you know, are they educational? Do they add any kind of quality to our lives? Um, do they isolate us from people? Do we really need it? And can we acquire them without going into debt? Um, TV is another area. Our family has decided not to have one in our home, although I don't judge anyone who does. Um, we just feel that negative influence outweighs the positive. And we have borrowed a TV on occasion, like to watch the Olympics or something. And I don't know what it is, but there has definitely been an increase in irritability and aggression in our kids. I don't know if it's the advertising or what it is, but um, I noticed the difference in their behavior. And besides all that, I don't know when we'd have time to watch it. Again, discernment is required. Um, another technology advance is the computer, of course, and that can provide us with a wealth of information. However, you know, we have to use care with, um, with the computer and the internet especially. Um, we keep the computer in a centralized room. Um, there's blocking services av available, which I'm trying to get my husband to <laughs> sign up for one. And um, we limit the time that any one child spends on the computer. And it's definitely not to be used when we're not home. And then there's the phone. Um, telemarketers calling at dinner hour just annoy me to no end. I just refuse to answer the phone when we're eating dinner. And I've started to use the answering machine to screen our calls. So if you call me, and I don't answer. I may be screening my calls. 
And one more area I'd like to touch on is holidays and special occasions. Um, that is another, this is where you can really accumulate stuff again and um, one way to set limits on gifts for the children is, that we've adopted is to have them make a wish list, you know, before their birthday or before Christmas with maybe five, five or ten items on it. And, um, you know, we choose one or possibly two and um, they are aware that they're not going to get everything that's on there and they shouldn't even hope for any, for all of it. And um, in our extended family, we sometimes draw names for holidays and that really um, reduces the um, amount of gift exchange. And I always like to encourage homemade gifts between my kids or among my kids. Um, they've done things like cross-stitch books marks or um, my older daughter has made throw pillows. I've gotten a lot of coupons for like free car wash, free dishwashing. Um, those are really special and meaningful. And um, then there's Thanksgiving, which in our family, our extended family, um, can be like 30 or 40 people, and we all like to get together. And um, our house is big enough to seat them all, but it just gets really, gets to be a lot. And so this past Thanksgiving, I decided to do something different. I um, served it buffet style and it was great. You had the food stayed warm longer and you had a lot less dishes, serving dishes and everything and you didn't have to say you know pass the whatever from the third table down and um, everyone seemed to enjoy it and as always everyone brings a dish to our Thanksgiving. Um, don't feel like I have to do all the cooking. And under birthdays, um, we usually just invite the grandparents and um, the kids get to choose their meal and they get to choose their cake because I enjoy baking. So I don't really care if that's elaborate because that's fun for me. And. Our girls have their birthdays four days apart, so we just have one celebration for both of them, and they've been fine with that over the years. Um, in closing, it's been four years since I made these changes, and I have to say I've slipped back in my old ways, you know, in some areas. And um, when Sister Carol approached me about doing this forum, I, the Lord really spoke to me, and you know, reminded me that um, it's a constant struggle. You know, you need to be vigilant and aware. You're, it's easy to get caught up and get back into overload. That's it for me. very nervous. <laughs>
My segment is on um, finance, and it isn't about clipping coupons or the daily um, uh, things we could do to save money or how we could stop shopping, because I couldn't do that. <laughs> um, it, it is a one-time experience that we had to make um, to allow my husband more time with the family. And I will just read it as I have written it. Um, several years ago, I spoke up in a forum, and I shared my opinion, and because doing that comes easily to me. <laughs> and a sister remembered what I had said, and that's how I ended up here. So I'm just going to share that story. And the story that I share is um, about decisions that our family had to make. And um, with prayerful consideration, um, it was a time in our lives that we needed to do that. Jim comes from a family of 11 children, and his father died when he was 16. And rather than accept a free college education, because his father was in the Navy, and they had 11 children, he was offered um, practically a free ride through college, but he decided to go to work and help his mother and three sisters, which were still living at home. Um, we met at work, and six years after the time we met, he was converted, baptized, and we were married, in that order. <laughs> um, after um, we were married, I had to resign um, from my place of work because um, our employers did not allow spouses to work together. So I was a bookkeeper there, and I have always worked, and I continued to work at that time. I just um, did various, had various career changes. Um, five years after we were married, we had our daughter, Lauren, and we always believed that if God would bless us with children, that I should try to stay home. His mother was a stay-at-home mom with 11 children, and somehow she found the time to take an hour nap every day. I have two, and I can't take 10 minutes away from them. Um, so we had our first child, and I would try to stay home. Jim, at the time, was working 56 to 62 hours a week. So he worked two 13-hour days and three 10-hour days. I, so our children would hardly see him. Um, Mondays were his day off, and he worked every other Sunday. And that schedule was fine when we were both working and I could spend the time that he had extra hours shopping or visiting with my family. Um, but after we had our daughter, it was very difficult to be at home from morning till night and I would go to sleep early and he still wasn't home. So uh, we decided that, that we needed to make a change and the way this decision came about is uh, he was managing at the store and so his hours were increased and he came home one night and she was still awake sitting on my lap and he walked in the door and she didn't get up off my lap to say hi she never greeted her dad and he asked me and I, I never really thought about it so he asked why doesn't she come to the door to greet me like like he would expect his child to be so happy to see him and I said you're a stranger to her she doesn't see you from Monday till Friday so she knew my sisters better than she knew her own father. And that's where the change had to be made. Um, Jim asked his employers for a reduction of hours, and he, his request was flatly denied. They just said, no, we can't do that. And so um, 
we had to make a choice then. And as odd as it may sound, he would have to leave his job. We decided that he would have to leave his job after 15 years um, for the sake of our family. Uh, I then started to babysit, and I babysat um, an infant. Her mother was a lawyer, and her father owned his own business. And I watched their daughter for eight hours a day, and they took her home for two quality-filled hours each night. And they did all this so they could renovate their lakeside home. Um, and I babysat because Jim, we knew that he was going to have to leave this job and find other work that didn't require um, 62 hours a week. And so we had no idea what he would do. He had been doing this for 15 years. And we faced, this was the most um, difficult thing that we faced in our marriage was just how would we do this? We know that God promises to provide for us and that as long as our priorities are honest and honorable to him, I think that he, he will see us through. And he did. The gentleman that I babysat for introduced Jim to the head of human resources at another grocery chain. He, he's a grocery manager. And um, I knew that that was not a coincidence, that he knew someone that could help Jim out. And he offered Jim a job at half the salary he was making. So this is where the financial difficulty comes in. And all the stresses start. Um, but his hours would be reduced to 40 hours a week, and he had a day off and only had to work one Sunday a month. So that was great because Sundays were extremely difficult for me to go to church, to pack the kids up and, and drive to church, and it's 40, 40 um, minutes away, and to have to drive back. Um, and I just, it was hard on some Sundays. So he accepted the position, and he was told that it would take three years to, to get a raise. But after they saw his abilities and, and he proved himself, it ended up just being a year and a half that we really had to struggle. But God just was there with us the whole time. Um, so as time went on, I had two children at that time. And then the person that I babysat for also had two children. And so... I did that to help with the decrease in salary, but it became overwhelming. And I thought, well, fine, their dad is going to be home with them, but their mother is a lunatic during the day <laughs> with four kids under the age of, of four. And so I, I just told him, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep babysitting. And we, we thought it through, and there was the, the, the biggest financial responsibility we had was our home. And as much as I loved our home, because it took us a year, it was an old, it was built in 1902, and it was just an old house that we added on to, and we made it perfect. Um, but it wasn't worth the struggle, and it wasn't worth my having to watch another person's children all day long and, and having my children sacrifice for it. So um, we started to look for a more affordable home. And there were two things that I w would not compromise on. And one was a good school system, and the other was a fa family-based community. So we looked around. There were a few cities that we chose, and we looked around for a home. 
and um, we found one that needed a lot of work, and, but we could afford it. And because we could afford it, the extra money could be spent on coming to camp. There was one, the year that we went through this struggle, we couldn't afford to come to camp. And so I thought, I don't ever want to do that again. It's more important to me that we come to camp and have family vacations and be able to do things with the family than to just struggle for this house. So we found a home that needed a lot of work, and it was nothing too overwhelming. Jim could do it, and he did it most of the time after the kids went to bed. You know, it was things that, it, and it was mostly outwardly things. So we were able to do that together, and um, and it, it has taken. We're still working on it, <laughs> but it has enabled us to have Jim at home with his children, and. Um, to have me, if I work, I have worked outside of the home, but it did not affect my children's um, time with me while they were awake. Um, and I thank God for the decision that we made. It was a good decision. Um, I, I miss our old home. I, I spent time crying about it because it was a perfect home to entertain in. And this one is kind of out of the way, and no one really stops by. And so things like that were difficult. But I am thankful that, that he is providing for us. And um, that's all I have to say. Now, in, in Timothy, it talks about contentment. And I have learned to realize that contentment is not something that comes upon us. It is what we decide to do. We decide how content we will be. And um, I also heard someone say, do the things that we have own us, or do we, do the things that we have own us, or do we own the things that we have? And I thought that was a great, a great quote to remember. And I hope to never, and I don't know, only the Lord knows, but I hope to never have to to struggle over my possessions. Um, and if we just read through Timothy, which I'm not going to do, Timothy 6, 6 through 11, I think, says a lot. And it, it talks about the promises that God makes to us. And, um, and I had a friend. I don't, during this time, I did quite a bit of complaining <laughs> um, because I just, it was so hard. And I was complaining to a friend that was single. And she said, you know, I would give, sorry, I can't say it. I might be able to compose myself later. I would give what I have to have a husband and two children. And you really have nothing to complain about. And that was very important to hear and to realize. Last year, I ran into a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in about a year, and I said to her, Julia, have you been keeping busy? And she answered me with a question, that, or with an answer that wasn't very typical. Instead of listing all the various things that she was doing, she said, no, not really. And I was kind of surprised at that answer, and then she said, you know, I don't aspire to be busy. And she's a mother with a nine-year-old, seven-year-old, five-year-old boy, 
And she's not late, boys, and she's not lazy. But she said, I just want to start living a simpler life. And that kind of reminds me of a verse in Thessalonians that says, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands. And that word study means to aspire to be quiet, to make it your ambition to be quiet. So you kind of wonder, as Carol listed before, with all the multitude of options that we have, how can we aspire to be quiet? My focus is going to be mainly on activities. We can have... <laughs> this is driving me crazy. <laughs> we, can have ch we know that there are church activities, school activities, there's soccer, baseball, piano, violin, birthday parties, work games, golf games, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, company picnics, gymboree, cooking classes, and I can go on and on. And obviously we have to make choices. And we all do make choices. And we have to realize that the choices we make reflect our priorities whether we like to admit it or not. As Christians, our priorities need to be to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, 